Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers. Welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of... Razimon! Razimon! So this is a leap of faith. Uh, because the Razzie nominations are coming out tomorrow at the time of recording but we are voting members of the Razzie uh, nomination committee and based on what we've already seen we think this one is a lock for worst picture nomination yeah welcome to Diana yes with me as always is TV's Noah Houlihan she's a big fan of Duran 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 there's only two Durans darling what Duran forget it (laughs) That's, that's really the, um, I can't believe that's the one you went for. The quote you went for. Well, here's, here's the thing about me. Uh, I have a lot of trouble hearing lyrics. Okay. So I have to hit, listen to a song a lot of times to pick out a, a quote from a, a song. And that's not a thing I wanted to do. I've, I, I've already listened to this a few times in order to prepare for this. Uh, I have the opposite where I can pick up lyrics really quickly. I cannot. So that was one of the few spoken lines of dialogue. It's true. So here we are in the, the movie mausoleum uh, for Razzie Month. So let's pour one out. Laura, what do you have there? I have tea. I'm English. And so is this. It, But it's like American tea. So it's, you know. It's not really English. It's just, it wants you to think it's English. Like this musical. I, you didn't even put anything in it. You just made tea. Yeah, I put about as much effort into making this tea as they did into writing these lyrics. All right, that makes sense. I call this Moon June Rhyme Scheme Tea. Hmm. It's lazy. What the hell is that? All right, so I started with orange juice just because I wanted orange juice. And then I didn't know what to do next, so... I just put a little bit of everything we had in it, and this is my fuckity, 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 fuck this drink. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so yeah, it's got it's got oh. orange juice. It's also got blue curacao nice. in it. It's got uh, some uh, grenadine, which is why it's all red at the bottom. It's got a little bit of liquor 43. It's got a little bit of Malibu. It's got a little bit of tequila in it. Oh, no. Uh, some 99 bananas. Yeah. So it's like a Long Island iced tea from hell. Yes. It's incredible. It's everything I'd want in one drink. Which makes sense, because it's all the ingredients I always use on this show. So you reused a lot of ingredients. Yes. The way this musical reuses lyrics. Yes. So let's. that's actually something I want to talk about real quick. Yes. Uh, I don't know how this episode's going to work out when it comes to clips. Because this is going to get copyright stricken. As soon as you include music, it's a problem. So the uh, clips that we're going to use are going to be a lot of, like, really, really short clips when I include them. Yes. There's also a really good chance that a version of this episode will go up on YouTube uh, with no clips. Yes. Because we get copyright strike. Uh, I will say that the full version with all the clips in it will go to our Patreon. <laughs> so yes. if you're on the Patreon, you'll get this episode as intended. I don't know what other sources are going to do to this episode because we're going to include a lot of stuff because here's the truth of the matter. A lot of these songs sound similar. 
And if you flash... To each other or other songs? To other songs. And if you flash way back to our copy or uh, cop rock uh, episode, uh, there was a point I was trying to make that one of the songs in it sounded like When She Loved Me from... Uh, what is that, Toy Story 2? Yes. Yeah, Toy, Toy Story 2. Because they were written by the same man. Because, yeah, they were both uh, Randy Newman, Randy Newman songs. Uh, the tiniest clip of She Loved Me that I included made Disney, like, come after me. Yeah. So I just want to warn you. It wasn't Pull New Jersey after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not... That, that Disney's been waiting for you to mess up. Yeah, I'm on a list for Disney. Uh, so... Uh, I don't know what this episode will, will come out as when uh, it is completed and up on all of our sources like YouTube and Podbean and iTunes and the IWEP Podcast Network. But I will say that I want it to have all these things. <laughs> so if you want the best version, Patreon is our way to go. Let's talk about Diana. <laughs> Diana. <sighs> so... We start with a rock overture, but like rock, like easy listening rock. It musical yeah. theater rock. Yeah. And then we see our set. Yes. The set, I think you said this when we were watching it. Is, this is the perfect description of this set. If you took the set from Hamilton and made it British. Yes. Because it's that wide open set with like... Stuff in the back that's all Britishy, <laughs> and then instead of a turntable, there's a lift. There's like a trapdoor. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the, a lift, not an elevator. It's British. Uh, the first song we get is a paparazzi ballad called "Underestimated." Yes. And I, the way it's styled, I sort of think that we are starting at the end. At this point. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean, where you think this is the last song and we're going to do a flashback. And yeah. And we're going to, like, this is going to be the sandwich of the, this musical. Yeah, and she sings, like, the trouble you can cause when you're underestimated. And it's this, like, bare stage, like, the set's obviously still there, but, like, it's just Diana. Yes. In, and singing a ballad. Or about how she's underestimated. As the scene elapses and we realize this is not starting at the end, this is 19-year-old Diana. By the way, she is 19, and the way she is styled, she looks like Emma Thompson in Love Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good comparison. And she's at a party, and we establish also at this point uh, uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. uh, And Prince Charles being old friends. Now, anyone who knows this, anyone who knows anything about, like, current British royalty, knows that Camilla Parker Bowles and Charles are currently married. Now, it's very interesting what you said there in that established. Yes. I didn't get any of this. I kind of felt like this musical was treating me in a way that it was basically saying, you're at the musical called Diana. You know this story already. Yes. Because we're not doing anything to build these characters. Sidebar, Camilla is literally trending right now on Twitter, like as we tweet this. Or as we record this. Okay. And I'm going to reveal why later in this podcast. Okay, let's build that. (laughs) Build build the reveal. Yeah, we'll build that up. So stay tuned, folks. It's 
It's weird that you say that it established these things because to me, nothing was established. Fair. Because to me, the the show was very much going like, you're at a show called Diana, you know what you're in for. So here it is. I don't know the story of Princess Diana other than that she died and that she wore a big dress at her wedding. Okay. So like, I needed more than what this show was giving me because I didn't know who these people were. That makes sense. This was definitely marketed as you already know the story. Yes, and I hate that. Because um, if that's who you're marketing to, why make this? Why make something for people who already know what you're going to show them? Broadway, th- see, this is where I'm going to go musical theater nerd. Broadway has an, such a high entrance cost most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like this was on Netflix. That's unusual. But usually if you're ponying up three figures for a ticket, you're kind of familiar with what you're going into. Yeah. So I this guess is you're what right. you get like, what do I get my aunt who likes the crown for Christmas? <laughs> okay. Like I think that's the 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 core audience for this is your aunt who likes the crown. Okay. Uh, that's actually you also brought up a point that we really should have brought up earlier. This is not a movie. It's a musical! I mean, and don't get it mixed up. Like, La La Land is a movie. Yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom is a movie. Is a movie. Dear Evan Hansen, also kind of a movie. Technically a film. This is a recording of the Broadway show. This is what is called a pro shot. Yes. It is a professionally shot uh, staging of the musical. This was done during COVID. Yeah. So, just like they did with Hamilton on Disney+. And Come From Away on Apple TV. They're doing with Diana on Netflix. I really hope this doesn't kill them doing those anymore. Because I really like that they do these, and I'm hoping that they continue to. So, anyway. uh, Camilla, like, Diana finds out that Prince Charles has taken a liking to her. So, all we have seen so far is Diana saying about how she's underestimated... But a prince likes her. Yeah. How is that being underestimated? No. Yeah. There's there's no lines about there being things she can't do. It's all the things that she has going for her. Exactly. We find out that the royalty is in crisis. The public doesn't trust them. Uh, the royal family is falling out of vogue. This is in the early, This is like in the late seventies, and Prince Charles is thirty-two and unmarried. And he'd been a swinging bachelor, but that's getting old. Yeah. And, like, he needs to settle down, marry, and produce an heir. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also dated Diana's older sister, Sarah. Yes. That's another thing that's established during the worst job in England. Yes. So, a couple things I want to talk about here in the worst jobs of England. Uh, first off, I can't help but giggle anytime he says, mummy. 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 Because we established he is 32. Uh, two, there's like, it's, most of this is a song between, uh, it's Charles, right? Charles and his mother? Yes. Charles and his mother. And then the chorus, like, interrupts with, For the worst job, the worst job in England. I, I hope I can cut stuff out. Uh, and you don't hear me singing right now. Uh, but any time... During this song, the chorus sings, 
When they're done singing, they make this face like they're apologizing for interrupting because they're very British. <laughs> Did you catch that? That's pretty funny. Worst job in England. Sorry, continue. You're talking. I'm sorry. Uh, also, I have to talk about how this song sounds like Rogers the Musical. Should be celebrated our country is proud. And spends her life objectified. The rent and garbage on both skies. But I love New York. It's a battle cry. And the worst job in England. Uh, we're we're going to be doing this a lot during this. You're bringing up another song it sounds like. I'm thinking of what song this thinks it would like to be. Yeah. These have got to be the worst pies in London. Yeah. It, that establishing. Yeah. Establishing. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, more literally, this song wants to be opening for a princess from Once Upon a Mattress. Okay. Uh, because it's a very similar story in Domineering Mother, a weak-willed prince, mm -hmm. and they need to get this guy married off. Yes. But the mom, like, in this it's opposite, where the mom wants him to, and Once Upon a Mattress, the mom doesn't want him to. Mm -hmm. But the same kind of thing of, like, we need a lady to be queen. Mm -hmm. So the queen sings about how great the job would be for Lady Diana Spencer. By the way, this underestimated person yeah. is titled nobility. Is already entitled nobility, yeah. And meanwhile, the servants just kind of talk crap about the job. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd also like to point out at this point that the back rot drop that they have, their, their set, is like a fence. Yes, and you can see extras walking around backstage in some of the shots. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, do are, do we then get to the point where uh, we see Princess Di, or soon-to-be Princess Di, talking to her sister? Uh, we are about to. Okay. So once they establish that Lady Di is a good candidate to be Charles's queen... Uh, we then go to a little scene in ostensibly the Spencer family home. Mm -hmm. And Charles has sent Diana a necklace. Yes. And Diana's sister talks shit. Yes. Which I like. Did you notice what Diana is wearing in this scene? Uh, she, so I know you want to crap all over this. She really did wear that. No, she didn't. <laughs> she dead? Okay, guys. <laughs> she is wearing a red sweater with sheep all over it with a black sheep in the center. You mean to tell... Oh, she, Laura's showing me a picture. Oh, my God! Photographic evidence! <laughs> oh, my God! Now, that being said, this sweater was worn... Uh, on purpose at the time by Diana, this is out of sequence. She didn't wear it as a teenager. Uh, she wore it when she was like already with Charles, was photographed wearing it. Also, she does look creepily like my mother in this one. She does. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew you, when you said something about that sweater, I was like, oh, I got to tell him that that's really her sweater. Oh, I can't believe that's really her sweater. She was known for those kinds of sweaters, the like campy, fun, 
Okay. Uh, most of her costumes are directly based on Diana's clothing. Okay. So that that's why I wanted to, like, cut you off on that one. Because I was like, oh, this isn't really the costume designer's fault. This was the late 70s, early 80s. Okay, I guess. Fine. So. We then get a scene um, with Charles in a dressing gown talking to Camilla. Where they establish that Charles and Camilla are seeing each other. Yes. And that they are in a sexual and romantic relationship. Yes, Camilla is married. We will see, see her husband, I think, twice in this musical. He's not an important character. And Charles asks Camilla to guide Diana. Mm-hmm. Like, to help Diana be the royal to be. Mm-hmm. So then, when they meet for their date, uh, Diana gives Charles cufflinks. Yes. And it's kind of the symbol of, like, no one had given Charles gifts before. Yeah. And so he's a little bit charmed by that. Mm-hmm. And they go to a classical concert where they see a Russian violinist, or Russian cellist, rather. Yes, because we established in the scene before that he sees Diana's immature because she likes rock bands, like Duran, Duran, Duran. And, There's only two Durans, and And I think she, he says, like, he says, like, a metal band. I think he says, like, Metallica or something. Uh and they're going to go view this cellist. And during the cello, cello playing, Diana starts singing about how she wants to turn him into a rocker. Yes. And it becomes a rock song. And the cellist flips his cello over to reveal a rock and roll cello. An electric it's, cello. It's yeah. still a cello, though. <laughs> All right, I'm no intellect, but maybe there's a discotheque where the prince could hear some prince and we'd all get funkadelic. Yes. That's a real lyric. Uh, and then it gets all rocky and you hear the, uh, the chorus sing, this is how your people, this is how your people dance. And... It ends with And it's like, all right, that's basically the F word in England, right? Yeah. Uh, But like in this like dream sequence, Charles does like dance with Diana. So as someone who doesn't know the story, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the story of Diana educating Charles to be more in touch with the people. He dances, but I I need to explain to you what this dance looks like. I have two comparisons. Yes, by all means. Uh, SpongeBob dancing. Mm. Or if you're my, if you're in my Doctor Who fandom, when the 11th doctor attends the wedding, the dance he does. (laughs) Neither of these are good dancing. Uh, she also has, like, a tearaway dress in this sequence. Yes. And it looks a little, like, Madonna-esque. It's not as cool as I wish it was. Right. And then Charles joins with her uh, fantasy dance, and then they're back to the concert. It's yes. kind of this, like, imagined spot. Yeah. This could have been a... This is a great idea. 
This is a great idea. To if, show that if you wanted to establish that he was out of touch, yeah. you could have really done some cool things with this, but this wasn't how. This would be great if she then teaches him to be a rocker as promised instead of this is the closest we get to them being in a good relationship is like in her mind well, for I, a minute. I was going to say if you contrasted like the socio-political unrest mm-hmm. with Charles and Diana being in this concert. Yeah. And kind of establishing that like Charles doesn't know anything about his people and that's why he's unpopular. It's stupid that when it's rocking, Diana's singing. And when it's not rocking and it's the classical music, Diana's still singing. Yes. This would have worked so much better if Charles sang the classical stuff. And then this could be symbolic of their separation and how they don't actually get each other. This song does nothing but give me the idiot who doesn't know the story. Hope that these two young kids are going to end up okay. They they don't. (laughs) Spoil for history. (laughs) They don't. But yet, like, this is exactly what I mean of, like, this... This could have worked, um, but doesn't. So then we kind of go to a, we get time passing Mm. and Diana is walking to work. She's a kindergarten teacher. Yes. And a paparazzi, uh, a paparazzo starts to harass Diana and then many more do. And this is when we get a song called Snap Click. Snap Click, Snap Click. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. So, I have so many problems with this. One, you have a song called Snap Click and you didn't make it tap dancing. Or finger snaps. Or finger snaps, yeah. I think that was silly. Uh, Two, uh, this contains the line, uh, getting pictures is better than a wank. Kind of implying that paparazzis go out for pictures for the thrill of the sport. Not, you know, the money. Right. Uh, and three, this song sounds like Bo Burnham's problematic. Snap, click, snap, click, just one peek. You're the hottest one he's had all week. Snap, click, snap, click, have a blast. My actions are my own, I won't explain them away. I'm going to continue the musical theater. This is real big news from Parade, but not good. Okay. And this is Sinisterio from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, Mm. but even worse. Yeah. Because Sinisterio is at least a little bit fun. The reporters in uh, When the Sinister Six are taking over. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that one's at least kind of fun. These are both, like, these are the same kind of, like, the press is kind of douchey songs. (laughs) It's bad. Uh, it's in Diana gets trapped in a phone booth and begs Charles to talk to her. And then we get one of the first uh, impossible camera angles. Yes, there's a few shots that are clearly only able to be accomplished because there's no audience. So there's a point where we see Diana's point of view in the uh, phone booth and the paparazzi are like walking dead outside. Mm-hmm. It looks like the scene from The Birds. Except it's paparazzi instead of seagulls. Yes. Yes. Because as established, Diana is actually a fan of a flock of seagulls. And then we get another 
scene about with with uh, the queen and Charles. Charles doesn't really want to marry Diana. He's scared to get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, the queen is like, well, your girlfriend's married and you can't marry your damaged goods girlfriend. Yeah. So uh, she's like, go propose or I will fight you. And then Charles lamely uh, proposes to Diana. Like, it's a sad, crappy proposal. Yes. And Diana tells a charming story about her step-grandmother, who used to write romance novels that Diana was obsessed with, and then her step-grandmother kind of, like, disabused her of the notion. She's like, no, read other books. And... uh, she asks if he's in love with her, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever love means, it's fine. Sure, whatever. Yeah. As a result of their engagement, the paparazzi freaks out, and Diana is forced to move into the palace to hide. Mm-hmm. And during all of this, uh, Camilla is mourning her relationship with Charles, because obviously uh, there's nothing great uh, happening for her. She is losing... The person she loves. And she just kind of has to accept it. Yeah. So she... It ends with Charles saying, Love evolves and bends. And Camilla goes, And men take other friends. It doesn't mean devotion ends. So at the end of the song, where he proposes to Diana, he also then kind of recommits to Camilla. Yes. Even though we're supposed to be establishing... This marriage. Yeah. So the marriage is being set up as a sham in this narrative from the beginning. The the thing is, like, I feel like whenever we're in this situation where there is true love, but one of them is being forced to marry someone else, we should be cheering for the other team. And this was making Carmela kind of like the heroine of this. Like, oh, she truly loves him. He truly loves her. But because of stupid rules, maybe this is a very American thing. Well, I'm thinking of like, I can actually think of another musical Mm -hmm. that does this better. Uh, I'm going to talk about the musical Aida. I know Aida is based on an opera. I'm not as familiar with the opera as I am with the musical. Uh, Don't at me. Uh, That's one of the few that treats the entire love triangle fairly sympathetically of... Rodimus mm-hmm. and Aida. Rodimus is the soldier who is supposed to marry the princess. And he's in love with the Nubian princess Aida, mm-hmm. uh, who has been enslaved after the Nubians have been uh, conquered by the Egyptians. And Rodimus is now supposed to marry the Egyptian princess, but he falls in love with Aida. And Amneris is kind of initially set up to be a vapid, stupid villain. And then we get to know her. Mm-hmm. And we find out, like, there's a lot more to her than that. And she's not an evil character. However, it kind of sets us up to think she's evil. Diana is supposed to be our hero. And she's driving the wedge between them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. No, it sure doesn't. So... The next song is at their wedding. So it's Diana getting ready, kind of walking around in her under things, which if you've ever been a bride or been a bridesmaid, you know that like bridal under things are 
more covering than like most outfits. Yeah, yeah. So she's in her like white under things, and there is a mannequin wearing her dress standing at the altar. Yes, um, this is so silly. I get it. Like it's she kind of like has this role to play, mm. and it's her deciding to step into the to role. step into the role, right? And there's a cool effect with her getting into the dress. Yeah, she does kind of like then appear into the dress, which is good. Uh, the issues I have with this, <laughs> among all of these, sure. is uh, one, and this is just kind of a question. Do they say, I will, in England instead of I do? I've heard it. I don't think it's a necessarily a England divide. Okay. But I have heard I will versus I do. Okay, I thought that in was In vows little... of like, um, instead of do you vow to, it would be like, Noah, will you take this woman? Okay. So I've heard it both ways. And then just the way the song sounds. I Yeah, and this is a not good version of Getting Married Today from Company. It's that, like, pre-wedding breakdown. Yeah. Um, And Getting Married Today is one of my favorite Sondheim songs. I know you love that song, yeah. Um, So, uh, to me, I'm like, okay, this is serving that same, like, it's another Cold Feet song. But Amy ultimately goes through with the wedding in Company as well. And it's just so much more fun. Right. This is not fun. Yeah, like, it's her vowing to make Charles and the English people love her. Yeah. It's always good on your wedding day to know that your husband doesn't love you. Like, that that's a project for you to work on. (laughs) And at the end, uh, we find, we see Camilla's husband, Andrew, and admits that he is also having affairs. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, our marriage is weird, but we're going to make it work, okay? Yeah. Like, we're... And so our first impression of Camilla's husband is that he's pretty okay. Yeah. Like, he's cool with her sleeping with the prince. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of just slubbing around. Like, he's like, I got girlfriends too. You do you. Yeah. I do me. We'll... I'll do them. You do him. Yeah. We're all good. I'll do her. You do him. And I'll see you, like... Yeah. See you when you get home. Do you want me to... Do you want me to tape... EastEnders, or, like, yeah. do you want to just watch it tomorrow? Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, I'm off. <laughs> so pip, pip. we see, uh, because Diana is now Princess of Wales, because yeah. that's uh, how her title would work, Charles is the Prince of Wales, she becomes the Princess of Wales, so they have to make their first public appearance in Wales. Wales. And he tries to coach her with how to say, like, I'm really happy to be here in Welsh, and she just can't do it. So, uh, Charles and Diana go to make their big debut in front of the Welsh people who were really, uh, not that into the royal family. No. But they seem to love her. Yes. Because she's shaking their hands and stuff. And to me, this song sounded a lot like, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Take this rose, this bouquet, Diana, make my day. Won't you please take 
Oh, see, I took this as, I'm truly no one special. In fact, I'm less than what I seem. Mm. <sighs> We're in Evita. More Evita? Yeah, this, well, th- this is the first time I'm going to bring up Evita. This is not the last time I'm going to bring up Evita. Uh, this is like the... I was confusing Evita and Aida. Yes. Just no, now. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of Evita, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. And this is her like, I'm truly no one special. In fact, I'm less than what I seem. It's this, um, the modesty that's also in Ava Perone addressing her subjects. With Ava, it's a lot faker. Mm-hmm. It's like when Evita says, don't cry for me, Argentina, for I am ordinary, unimportant, and undeserving of such attention. Unless we all are. I think we all are. Right. So it's this, like, this seduction of the public by this female royal figure. So just like that, the world falls in love with Diana. Yes. Wales falls in love with her, and... Camilla says, like, she hardly knows what she's doing, but she does it awfully well. And then Diana kind of goes like, I was wondering if some of you might say hello to my husband. He adores whales and tries to put Charles over. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm Charles. I, I like whales. And they're like, yeah, that's nice. Show her. Yeah. So he's getting jealous of his own wife. Because she's popular and he's the prince. I learned their language, served their country, loved my subjects, played my part. Then a preschool helper with no training steals away their heart. So Charles and Camilla also don't understand why people love Diana, but they love her immediately. We get then get the other scene of Andrew and Camilla. The only other time we see them or see Andrew. Yeah. And uh, so she kind of has this moment of Andrew comes to her and says, like, I'm not going to have affairs anymore. Maybe you should stop having affairs. Maybe we should try to, like, be married to each other. Yeah, what do you think about that? Because he points out fairly correctly, if Camilla carries on with Charles and Diana is beloved, it's really Camilla who's going to be dragged through the mud. Mm -hmm. Like, Charles has the insulation of being royalty. Camilla doesn't. Right. So... Camilla says, like, I have to break this off because I will become the most hated woman in England if I am the other woman in your marriage. Yeah, because they really like Diana. It would really suck if they caught us. So Diana gets pregnant and has William. And when, and then Diana walks in on Charles uh, talking to Camilla on the phone. So Right, right. Get, get. Yeah, and... Like he he sings I will he reprises I will but it's to Camilla about how he will always love her instead of Diana and there's like and and Diana comes this, in like I can hear you bitch Diana like they, before William's born like they have a conversation he's like I hope it's a boy and he's like uh, I love you and Diana's like what because apparently it's the first time he said it to her right they've been married for at least like a year. And after William's born, Charles says, and I quote, Darling, I'm holding our son. So let me say, jolly well done. Let me say, jolly well done. Jolly well done. I have that quote written down here too. Oh, my like, next oh my God. My next note is Noah screams. Jolly well done. This wasn't written by people 
This wasn't written by the British, was it? I don't think so. Because this sounds like it's written by people doing bad English accents. And she sings a song about, like, being happy. And it sounds a lot like happiness from Yorga Man Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're even named the same thing. They're named happiness. And then she overhears Charles and Camilla on the phone. And he tries to, like, gaslight Diana immediately and was like, no, you didn't. She's like, I heard you say I love you. You were singing. Phone. I heard you. <laughs> you were singing a song I sang in my head. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I want to have our next fight. Um, I heard you sing that. And uh, she's also now having... She's not pregnant with her second. Both of these kids are born okay. within a song. We Yeah, we need to slow down. No, this, no the show needs to slow down. This yeah. all happens in a two-minute sequence. Both children are born and she has a nervous breakdown in a two-minute sequence. In a two-minute song, she... We're going to talk about it longer than it takes to happen. Is pregnant, has a child, the... <laughs> Charles comes in and says, jolly well done. As she do. gets really sad... Has another kid. He comes in, and this is very interesting. Uh, he says, uh, I, I see you ignored my request for a girl. Because that's totally how it yeah. works. And then uh, Diana gets upset by that. And he says, don't get bent out of shape about a joke. In the movie... She says, So now our own son isn't good enough for you. Christ, Diana, don't overreact to a joke. You haven't made a joke since I met you. She doesn't say that on the soundtrack. So our own son isn't good enough for you. Christ, Diana, don't overreact to a joke. She's still in our marriage. Huh. Because I, I had to listen to both to prepare <laughs> for this show. Because I don't know what happens in this movie. Because I don't know the story of Princess Diana. Uh, at this point, my notes also say, man, this really assumes I already know the story. And, hey, wait a minute, this musical is just stuff happening? I don't know if it is trying to tell a story. So she has Harry, sings uh, the memeable part of like, Harry, my gingerhead son. That this is the same song. Yeah, that everyone's made fun of. And then she howls her version of Words Fail. Yeah. From Dear Evan Hansen. And it sucks. And she needs a prince to save her from a prince. Uh, she has a nervous breakdown. She punches a mirror and wakes up in the hospital. Yes. And that's the end of the song. Yes. Just so you know, the beginning of this song was Was her Diana in- telling Charles she was pregnant. pregnant? We're now at the end of the song and she's in the hospital after trying to commit suicide. Also, she's and she had has two, two kids. So like <laughs> two years have gone by in this song. More than that, I think. At least, at least two years have gone by. I, I, I was just saying, like, well, it's got to be at least 18 months. <laughs> but in the course of one song, two years go by. 
The wedding- Nearly three years. The wedding that we saw is already destroyed and hopeless. <laughs> in one song. So in the hospital, her sister Sarah is like, dump Charles. And Charles brings her flowers. And Diana's like, Sarah pushes Diana to be good to herself and take back her power. And Diana decides to take back her power because she wants to do more for charity. Well, I also would, in this scene, Charles also comes in and is like, I love you and I want to make this work. And I was like, where is this coming from? You've been nothing but a dick for the entire previous song, which again was three years long. (laughs) Now all of a sudden you're like, let's try now that we have two kids. (laughs) God damn it. So, when Diana gets out of the hospital, she wants to do more and more charity. And the more, and then the royals are upset because the more charity Diana does, the more popular with the public she becomes. Because it turns out when you do nice things for people, they like you. Um, what? And there's a whole song that is Queen uh, Elizabeth, Camilla, and her sister for some reason. Talking about how she moves in the most modern ways. She moves in the most modern ways. And uh, Charles tells her, like, the point of our existence is we're not one of them. We're symbols. We we represent their aspirations. So what you're doing, darling, is unfortunately coming across as a bit rather common. And Diana decides it would be cool to do, uh, to dance at the Royal Christmas Gala. Uh, as a surprise to Charles, as like a big event to raise money uh, for the Royal Ballet. Mm -hmm. So they're excited and she does like a cute little dance. So at this recital... And she dances with a male dancer. Yes. Which I could see like possibly being a situation. He... Charles is like sitting in his box like, where's my wife? And somebody's like, oh, she's in the loo. And, the, and then they're like, oh, she's on stage. And, and he goes, <clears throat> A fine way to treat her husband. He says that after someone tells her, tells him she's in the bathroom. He doesn't know she's on stage yet. He's mad when she's in the oh, bathroom. Yeah. Good wives don't pee. Oh, Prince no. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I am the worst wife of all time. Because every time we've made an appearance anywhere, I have made a stop twice on the way there. Would you guys buy that as a t-shirt? Good wives don't pee. Good wives don't pee. That's... Prince Charles, and then it says, stay doomed on the back. No. Just a real confusing (laughs) t-shirt. So then he sees her dancing on stage, and he gets all huffy, and I just had to just yell. How could he not know? Like, that's his She would have had to go to rehearsals. Yeah, there's rehearsals involved. Like, she showed up with a bag? Like, with a costume in it? There's no way she showed up with a... So, they had her costume there. She's not like... But, like, she had to have a change of clothes. She showed up in a dress and probably had to come in and... No, she's not a four-year-old going to a dance recital. Come, come, Diana. Stop stretching. No, I We have to go to the ballet. Noah, do you think when somebody goes and performs on Broadway that their costume... You're really nitpicking the joke. (laughs) The joke is how stupid Charles is, and I'm trying to come up with examples of how it would be obvious she was in the ballet. 
I misspoke once, and now you've derailed the entire joke, which is about how stupid Charles I've is. I've derailed, derailed, derailed the joke. It's just... <laughs> Noah's pulled his hoodie up around his head to hide from me. So afterwards, they go, they're they backstage and Charles accuses Diana of being intention hungry and then lays into her for an entire song. The point of which is yes. the only thing of note she's ever done is marry Charles. Yes. The And it's just a vicious attack on this woman. Yeah. Like, and it's brutal. It's legitimately brutal. Like, basically calling her worthless. Not even underestimated. But worthless. The That the only value she has is connected to him. Yeah. They're going to try to get us to believe in this love story again after this song. Yeah. Here, here is an example. Same. Of, uh, here's an example of what he says. Uh, if my heart has strayed, if Diana, if our marriage has come to a halt, you never once obeyed Diana. God damn it. It's all your fault. Yeah. Uh, my next note. Yeah. Your life's greatest achievement. You married me. You married me. All you've ever done. You married me. And my next note is he can eat an entire satchel of Richards. Um, and then after the song, he breathes really hard. <laughs> yeah, he's out of breath after this. So, oh, that, that's the other note I have here is, it's all your fault. And I was like, what is? The marriage? Yeah, the, like... The fact that you did the dance? Well, yeah, that would be her fault. She planned it. But, like, the public is thrilled. Yeah, what are we blaming her for? Yeah, what are we mad about? And Diana then uh, begs Charles to try again with her and to love her. Why? Because she doesn't want to be divorced because she was the vic- like she was a child of divorce and does not want to put her sons through that. <sighs> the most important line here is serves me right for marrying a Scorpio. Yeah, that line really blew me away. I made you uh, rewind. Like, There's no way they just said that. No, they 100% did. Yeah, I totally made you rewind it. Uh, because I was... So then Charles goes to Camilla and they rekindle their romance as she sings I Miss You Most on Sundays. A um, store brand version of Tell Me on a Sunday from the self-titled Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Tell Me on a Sunday. Uh, my only note for this song is there's so much reputi- repetition in this song. It's yeah. a two-minute song, and she repeats, essentially just repeats it twice. Yeah. So, did you have any notes on I Miss You Most on Sundays? I don't. I thought that song was pretty forgettable. So then, the next song is Diana's big, like, this is the act one finale. Yes. And she sings, she and her sister Sarah plot to take back her power by working with the press. While he advocates for old buildings, she steals the spotlight. Uh, And this song is called Pretty Pretty Girl. Yes. Who wrote these lyrics? I just want to talk is in my notes. (laughs) Oh, and then she also has like a big quick change. Let's talk about Pretty Pretty Girl. Yes. I wanted to make the joke that there's already a song called Pretty 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 Girls. But they actually don't sound alike. And I was like, oh, I guess this doesn't actually sound like another song. Then we get to the line. Leave your answers in the comments below. 
every song sounds like at least one other song. Yeah. So in the song, Diana eschews her modest princess of Wales wardrobe. Too many bows, too many ruffles, too many frilly, frumpy fruffles. Uh, a girl can look. It turns into Seuss for a moment. <laughs> yeah, she decides that her uh, her wardrobe is too demure, and she wants to start moving into high fashion. And so, in this, like, while she's doing this, Camilla is hyping up Charles, who still genuinely does not understand that a beautiful, charitable princess will be popular. Yeah. Uh, and she says, like. Camilla goes, take a stand, go out and lecture on painting and politics. And he goes, architecture. Modern buildings are really quite ghastly, you know. And so Camilla encourages him to go give a lecture on architecture. Yeah. And they sing of their love for one another. That was entirely written because they realized that lecture and architecture kind of rhyme. Yeah. And they were proud of that. So uh, Elizabeth confronts Charles of like, you need to tame your wife. She's embarrassing the throne. Mm-hmm. And so this is essentially so much. This is a bad ballady version of so much better from Legally Blonde. Okay. Uh, are, have you seen legal? Have you seen at least the movie Legally Blonde? Of course. When she gets the internship, she has a whole song that you would know if you heard it. Okay. All of this time I planned, I'd be patient and you would love me again. Uh, sometimes I have to sing what song I'm referring to because Noah has in fact heard me sing it in our home. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this is so much better, but so much worse. <laughs> How? Uh, because the lyrics are, when I said that June moon rhyme scheme, nothing is clever. Uh, here's like the couplets heart art uh, believe believe applause cause frock shock um, dress 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 mess dress press yeah and the ensemble sings she'll take on the monarchy and cause a royal mess and then the last line is a pretty pretty girl in a dress what and like fashion is fun i can name at least two more fun songs about fashion uh rainbow high avita my strongest suit aida mm-hmm. both of those songs are about women using fashion for a similar means yeah take back your mink yes like they need to adore me so christian dior me mm-hmm. is avita it would be so much better if she was putting out the message that she's more than just a pretty girl in a pretty dress. But I think the message we're supposed to get is she's just a pretty girl in a pretty dress. And that's still better than the prince. Yeah. is Yeah, any pretty girl wearing a dress is better than dealing with prince. It's better to be hot than to know about architecture. Ugh, that's how this ends. This is how this act one ends, is this song. It ends on a quick change that doesn't quite work because it's a stage illusion that doesn't look good up close. Yeah. Uh, I was like, she doesn't look right in this. Oh, it's because it's a quick change that are not meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. Act two. 
Yeah, so then we get to Act 2, and we open on what I would say is a completely different play. <laughs> because We open with Diana's step-grandmother, who we've only seen once before, yeah. who has to introduce herself because we've forgotten her. Yeah, the girl that writes the, the mommy porn books. The, yes. The... Oh, and my next note is, they say the price of my love is not a price that they're willing to pay. Yes. Because it reminds me of... Like, her just reappearing for no reason is very King George and Hamilton. Yeah. This is not going to be the last time we bring up Hamilton. Act two of Diana really wants to be act two of Hamilton. Yes, very true. Uh, So she... (laughs) She introduces a riding instructor named James Hewitt. James Hewitt. How does James Hewitt answer? How does James Hewitt enter? James Hewitt (laughs) enters on a saddle that rises up from the middle of the stage... He is in riding pants, shirtless, with one of those, like, crops. <laughs> those horse crops. And and he's muscular. This will be the man who pleasures Diana throughout the rest of this. We get a whole scene of them just, like, saying double entendres with horses. Double entendres is really generous. Uh, a single, single. An entendre and a half. <laughs> yeah. But perhaps he just doesn't have the proper horse. And do you have the proper horse? Your Royal Highness, I think you'd adore my horse. And then she sucks his horse. And then, <laughs> and the, and then what actually happens is the step-grandmother admits that she wrote that dialogue. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing is building up to rhyming James Hewitt with do it. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm joking. But that's literally the last line of the song. It builds and builds and builds until James Hewitt James Hewitt did do it did do it in our princess's bed. It is unbelievable. Like It's what did I miss from Hamilton but bad. This is no, this is legitimately so good that I actually was like, wait a minute. Do they know that this show is garbage? Like, were we supposed to be kind of looking at this like it was a parody the whole time? Yeah, I will admit, if the show had all been tonally like this song, (laughs) like this song swings into springtime for Hitler. Yes, yes. Like, it's so ridiculous that you're like, I'm in. This this is literally the moment in Producers where Hitler acts effeminate and the audience goes, oh, it's a joke. Yeah, this is Heil Myself from the Producers. (laughs) Like, it is. And and like, at that moment, we both were like, oh, oh, is this going to be, is this going to be fun now? No, they, 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 they dangle this in front of us and then they take it away from us. Oh, my line here is, these lyrics are astonishing. And then we have a song called Him and Her and... Yes. Him and Her? Is that... I want to get this yeah. exactly right. Yes. Him and Her and Him and Her. Yes. And it's a quintet yeah. of James, Diana, Barbara, the step-grandmother, Charles and Camilla. Yes. Basically, it's explaining how Charles and Diana are married, but Charles is with Camilla and... Diana is with James Hewitt. This whole thing sounds like Skid Row from Little Shop. Who knew that a commissioned lad would give me more than I've ever had? When depression's just status quo, 
Which is funny because actually, uh, the previous song reminded me a little bit of Dentist in that like introducing a character who's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm from a different show. <laughs> I don't know how I got here. Because I, I always think that's fun. Something I've always found funny about Oren Scrivello is he just seems like he's in a completely different musical than everyone else. Yeah. Uh, especially in the film when he's Steve Martin. Or in the production I saw in middle school where uh, Oren Scrivello comes out in assless chaps for no reason and your mother sincerely regrets taking you and your friend to the, a play. <laughs> I was like 11, and he was like, oh. My mom was deeply upset. Uh, so they're singing about the affairs. The affair partners are sad because Charles and Diana do have to be publicly together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yikes, this song is long. Yes, it is very long. And they go to the ball, and Diana wants to, like, talk to Charles. Diana is actually trying to talk to her husband. And he keeps saying, like, just dance. Yes. The, it, it, are we in Secrets and Lies yet? No. We are not. We are in mm. Just Dance. Gonna be okay. Dadu dadu. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, it's just Diana, like, trying to make their marriage work. Even though, like, they're both sleeping with other people. Uh, they still, she still wants them to be a family. Yeah. And she still loves Charles for some reason. Why? We don't know. And then... Uh, as soon as that song, as soon as they go back, uh, Diana's with James again, and James plots to take Diana and the boys to America. Yes. And, like, he says, it's more than a fantasy, we'll take your boys and disappear, we could live openly with nothing to hide and no one to fear. Yes. And she keeps saying, just dance. Mm. And at the end of it, Charles's valet tells him about the affair. Yes, so he finally learns of James Hewitt. And his reaction was, eh. Yeah, I mean, I've been banging this girl literally the whole time. (laughs) In this, I think it's just, he has this idea of, well, if she's going to go, like, have sex with this guy and carry on her affair, she's going to leave me alone to go have my affair. Yeah. So this is what's best for everyone. So, uh, he's with Camilla. He decides, like, yeah, this is fine. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting into secrets and lies. Yes. And Diana, as part of her charity work. Um, oh, I actually do have a note on uh, the end of Just Dance. Uh, James Hewitt is red haired. Yes. Which is important because even at that time, there were rumors that he was Harry's father. Okay. Prince Harry's father. Obviously. There's no way they did not paternity test Prince Harry. Like, there's no way that the royal family didn't do that. Right, right. But a handsome redhead spiriting his bride who is being harassed by the royal family to the safety of the United States. This is what will ultimately happen a generation later when Prince Harry takes Meghan Markle and they go and live in the United States to get away from the royal family. Yeah. So I found that, like, kind of interesting. But I think that... uh, the show is not smart enough to make this on the nose. Yeah. Uh, my next note is everyone is happy for a moment. Charles is going to wreck it because it sucks. Because he sucks. Uh, there's then like a dance number from the ensemble. And I actually have a note of the leads are backstage changing and they <laughs> need a lot of time. <laughs> if you've never watched the song that no one likes on yeah. YouTube by uh, Sarah Smallwood Parsons. If you like musical theater... 
I'm gonna need you to go watch that. Yeah. Well, come come back when you're done, but watch that. Yeah. It's three minutes. So, Diana wants to help uh, AIDS patients, and a doctor's like, "You need to wear gloves." She's like, "I'll be fine." Mm-hmm. She greets the AIDS patients, offers her hand, and she's brought photographers, and they're like, "We can't be photographed." Like some of uh, some of their parents don't know they have AIDS. Some of yeah. them don't know they're gay. They're worried about losing jobs yeah. and housing and family. So, so to slow down, this is like a very big moment in history. Yes. Is Princess Diana breaking the stigma around AIDS and like being seen touching AIDS patients against the ruling of the queen who demanded that she wear gloves. And this was like a really, really big moment for like AIDS research and understanding the, the the virus of HIV and all that stuff. The song being sung is a straight up ripoff of Bank Job by the Bare Naked Lady. They said you would come. It seems so absurd. We all had our doubts. Well, I'm a girl of my word. We all had positions. We each had a role. We'd over-rehearsed it. We had full control. Diana and the AIDS patients connect. Yeah. And they shake hands, and the three of them ultimately decide to take a picture with Diana, despite the fact that it comes at great risk for them, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it ends with Diana standing defiant with the three men for the picture. We never see these men again. No. Uh, They are clearly there to further her storyline because she says, like, you're, you're right. You're teaching me about all that's wrong with secrets and lies. And that's how the song ends. Yes. Uh, it's, it's kind of a good part of this musical. Because, like, it, we stopped talking about the... the love dodecahedron? Yeah, the love dodecahedron. And just started talking about Diana. And the good she is doing. And we actually see her do good. Yes. They actually finally, we are in minute 30 of act two. And they finally established Diana as a person we should cheer for because she does good. Yes. (sighs) And luckily that they did that because we're we're heading to a fight. Yeah. (laughs) Camilla's sister is having a party and Charles has promised to attend. Yeah. And... Diana decides she's going to go too. Yeah, I'm going to go too. Why not? Diana decides to go with him because Diana's trying to still keep a relationship with Charles and is mad because Camilla has been a long, long, long term affair. She didn't know this party was for Camilla until then. Yeah. So she's like, oh, it's for Camilla? Well, I'm going to come wreck this. Yes. And once they get there, all the socialites are like, oh. Oh. They call it. The Thrilla in Manila, but with Camilla. The Thrilla in Manila with Diana and Camilla. It's a Thrilla in Manila, but with Diana and Camilla. This whole song exists because um, somebody came up with that line and was really proud of it. I themselves. almost, I want to believe that that was the first line written and they were like, we have to make a musical. Because <laughs> I found this rhyme. Uh, this song to me sounds a little bit like Meat Love's Dashboard Light. Okay. Especially because they both songs have Stop Right There! Stop this now! You had your goddamn fun! Stop right there! I gotta know right now! 
Pro- it, it's probably the least that sounds alike of all the things that bothered me, but uh, still. <laughs> yeah, this is very much like they just argue. Neither of them sounds good. Like neither of them like seems like a good person. Like Diana seems comes off as really spiteful. Yeah. Uh, considering she's sleeping with someone else too. Yeah. So if if memory serves. After this stunt, she tells Charles she still wants to kind of make it work. So. (laughs) Which is insanity. They get in the car and, uh, like, Diana takes, you know, Diana takes her husband with her when she leaves. Uh, So she kind of wins because she ultimately does leave with Charles. Yes. And Charles goes like, I'll ring you. And Diana goes, no, he won't. (laughs) Charles then tells Diana he knows about James in the car afterwards. Um, And they kind of agree that, like, we're going to have this crappy marriage. We'll stay together publicly and for the boy's sake. But I do whatever we got to do privately. So at this point, they have an arrangement. It's not really said that way, but it comes off as, like, we have an arrangement. Yeah. And, like, they both love... They agree they both love their sons, and that's it. The next thing we see is that after Diana's stunt at the party, Charles has gotten James reassigned uh, to Germany. Mm-hmm. And Diana offers to pull strings to get him not reassigned, and he's like... No, don't ruin my career. And she's like, if you leave, we're over. And she begs him to stay. And she sings a reprise of Pretty Pretty Girl. Yes, except now it's Clever Clever Girl. Yeah. Which, one, Jurassic Park. Two, made me think that... Were we supposed to think that now that Diana is kind of smart and, like, cunning and crafting... That she's actually more like a girl that Charles would like. Because we set up all this stuff in Act 1 about how Charles likes clever girls. Yeah. And now she's not some pretty girl in a pretty dress. She's a clever, clever girl. But in this, she says a clever, clever girl with so little left to lose can rewrite her own story for her stories hers to choose. Right. So in this song, she's ultimately... This is the, what, fifth song where she decides she's going to take agency? It's just we've done this before. She keeps being like, well, this is when I'm going to start taking agency. Yeah, I'm just asking, like, this is the reuse of the, the motif of a clever girl. What are we supposed to understand that as? Is it a clever girl is the thing that Charles wants? Or is it, oh, she's clever now and it's the opposite of what Charles wants? Are we saying that she's now acting more like Camilla? Because Carmilla's someone that Charles likes. Is she clever? Like, you have all these motifs and callbacks that have no function. Well, it's it's also like, in the previous song, she sings to Camilla, You thought I was a ninny. You could mold me as you like. Well, the skinny on the ninny is she's really rather bright. So her idea is that she's always been smart. Like, oh, because that's her first song is I've been underestimated. 
Right, I get all of that. I'm just saying, like, like she could have called herself a smart girl or a responsible girl. The fact that they're reusing clever, and clever is the word that they use to describe women that Charles likes, could be meaningful. But it's just not. It's kind of like, imagine a movie where there's just a big, red, bloody crucifix yeah. in the center stage. And then the, someone asked the director, hey, what's that crucifix? And he just said, it's symbolic. And they'd be like, of what? It's like, oh, it's symbolism. It's like, but you're not doing anything. <laughs> like, it's, oh, this show is such a mess in a pretty, pretty dress. So, there's also a reprise of Snap Click. As every Yeah, like... Because the press is increasingly, like, aware of the cracks in the royal marriage, and they are kind of swarming, like mm-hmm. sharks. And Diana finds out an author called Andrew Morton is writing a book about her. And she reaches out to him surreptitiously and offers him an interview. And here's the song, Then the Words Came Pouring Out. Then the words came pouring out. Yes, the words came pouring out. Pick my love open the door. Pick my love open the door. This wants to be the Reynolds pamphlet real bad. Yeah. Yeah, this wants to be... Because we also then see people reading the resulting book, the resulting tell-all book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so now the truth about Charles and, yes, his mistress, Camilla, he's a third-rate Henry VIII and she's Godzilla. What a rhyme. What a rhyme. Uh, Diana. A marriage built on lies, the depression, the bulimia. Each day I'm brutalized, assaulted by the media. My suicide attempts, a Kensington estrangement, were leading separate lives in this royal rearrangement. This is the first time her eating disorder has been addressed in the entire show. I didn't even know she had an eating disorder. I watched the show. I listened to the soundtrack a few times. Yeah, the entirety of it is that one word. Cool. My suicide attempts. Implying that there were multiple, but even the one that we do see depicted is so oblique. Yeah, she punches a mirror. Yeah. And then is hospitalized. And it's like, that would just be something that you... Yeah. That would be an outpatient procedure if you just, like, had some cuts. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea that, like, oh, it's clearly much worse than that, but it's handled very obliquely. It's assuming you know that already about Yeah. Her, which a lot of people... You know, especially younger people don't because... As as a lot of younger people, I can tell you I did not know any of this. Um, There's a couple of really good lines. Our eyes are opened, to say the least. Our beauty married a princely beast. So it's, it's really like... And then the public really takes Diana's side. Right. Of course they do. Uh, A palace conned by a cunning blonde. Is a great line. And Charles, Elizabeth, and Camilla are furious, obviously, by this. And Diana, at the end, realizes she may have gone too far. Yes. Uh, Charles then begs Elizabeth to meet Camilla. And they're considering going... Charles is considering going public himself. Well, we did establish that... He tells, she basically tells the whole story to this book. Yes. And now it's in the papers. Yes. 
So, like, they're kind of like, well, how do we get rid of this scandal? And the, the queen's like, you own it. Go on TV and sell your side. I don't think the queen doesn't tell him to own it, right? Uh, maybe it wasn't the queen. Maybe it was Camilla or Camilla or whatever. But, like, that's the, that's they're doing damage control, basically. Yes. Because everyone loves Diana uh, for and believes this story that's in this book. And now Charles' idea is to go on TV and kind of tell his side of the story, which is just about him cheating on a woman that everybody loves. So I don't know what the plan is. Yeah, like, Queen Elizabeth is uh, furious about this. So I think this was Charles and Camilla make the decision to go public. Yeah. And Diana's loyal valet tells her. Yeah, this is a guy that has been on stage a lot but this is like his first lines. And he is like, well, I have one idea. Because her, she's like, he's going to go on TV and confess on everything. Should I stay home in shame? And he goes, well, we can go to this out gallery open. And then they needed to make a PG-13 version of a song about what is popularly and colloquially known as the revenge dress. Yeah. Or... The fuck you dress. Yes, the feckity, 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 F you dress. So how about this feck you dress? This feckity, 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 feckity dress. And it's this very famous black off-the-shoulder dress that is short and it's essentially this, like, very iconic piece. Yeah. And... Uh, Queen Elizabeth is furious. You know, my son is on the telly pouring out his heart while his wife is on the town dressed up like a tart. Not the first Windsor to prefer another Mrs., just the first one to confess. Yeah. The the fact that Charles is on TV confessing to adultery. Diana is at a gala strutting around basically being like, could you believe he cheated on this? To have those events... Then told through the point of view of the queen is such a weird choice. Yeah, and like the black off the shoulder short chiffon dress is 100% real. Yeah. Like, um, it's very funny because I told you Camilla was trending. Uh, that picture is also in one of the trending tweets. Uh, Camilla couldn't marry Charles originally because she'd been married before. Right. She and Charles are now married. And have been for some time. And uh, the Queen has now publicly supported uh, Camilla being called Queen Consort. Oh, okay. uh, When she passes the throne to Charles. Oh, interesting. So like how Kate Middleton would be Queen Consort. Mm -hmm. uh, She's allowing. Good for her. (laughs) She's the hero of this. (laughs) Right. Sure. Um, So then... Uh, now, in this version, they have to say feckity. Yeah. Because it's PG-13, and they can only use the F word once. Oh, is it not feckity if you go see it live? It is not. Oh, noted. Um, so then Elizabeth figures, like, you know what? We're cutting bait on this marriage. This marriage has become a disaster. Yeah. And she allows Charles and Diana to divorce. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth says, like, in the old days, we would have chopped off your head and been done with it. 
But she also admits that Diana is a wonderful mother to William and Harry. Could you imagine if that's how this musical ended? Right. (laughs) And this song is like Elizabeth talking about her own marriage to Philip and how she was an officer's wife and how Elizabeth grants Diana her freedom and the divorce and Diana forgives Elizabeth. And the 11 o'clock number of this musical goes to Queen Elizabeth. It's so weird. Not any of the main characters. Queen Elizabeth, who at this point has been a supporting character. Yeah. And then Camilla meets Elizabeth and uh, Elizabeth admires her patience. And then the last song we get is the store brand Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Yeah. Called If Light of the World. Diana sings like a little song of like, I offer my goodbyes without compromise, a princess moving on. And, you know, everybody kind of is singing together. And then we hear her start to sing a reprise of Underestimated. As reporters start to talk about the accident that yes. kills her. It's very assassins. Yes. The president's been shot. Yes. It's something just broke, but not very good. Yeah. And then Diana turns around and the set becomes real sparkly. This movie should have an epilepsy warning. And yeah, like real sparkly. And then she walks to heaven and the show ends. Yeah. Yay! It ends with Charles saying, the people who change the world are not the ones you think will change the world. This was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, there's a couple things that I just want to bring up. That the I New York Times review calls it, and I quote, both aesthetically and morally mortifying, <laughs> which is a great quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, this is a musical about the former... Wife of a prince in Princess Diana that was on Broadway the same time as Six. Uh, yeah. Isn't that weird? What's fun, though, is uh, Diana opened. Previews began February 19th, 2020. uh, Or, excuse me, March 2nd, 2020. I don't need to tell you what happened in spring of 2020. Yeah. And the show suspended. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So then nearly like about 18 months later, previews began November 2nd. Mm -hmm. Opening night was November 17th. The show closed a week before Christmas. So how long was the run in total? Uh, Not counting the break. (laughs) The run was, let me see here, 10 days plus 28 days is 38 days, plus 19 is 48, 57 days total. 57 days. 33 performances and 16 previews, so 49 shows. 49 shows, okay. This is going to be a bit of a stretch, but I discovered this and I thought this was interesting. So this ran 40-some days yeah right and it is a musical with a one word 
female name title. Mm-hmm. Can you think of another musical that is just one word and it is a female name that ran very, very short? Oh. Hmm. This is like a bad Final Jeopardy question right now. Another, I, like the first thing that came to mind is Rachel Lily Rosenblum, which is too many letter, which is too many. That is one character's name. I'm technically right. Okay, uh, but it's not one word. Um, Maybe not a real person. Maybe more of a horror genre. Carrie. Carrie. Not since Carrie. Right. What is the name of the song? Where uh, Prince Charles yells at Diana. The rage, the same as the, the sequel to Carrie. Because <laughs> I was like, it's weird that they named this song The Rage because it makes me think of Carrie. Oh my God, this is really similar to what happened to Carrie. Yeah, there's, and Carrie closed after 16 previews and five performances. All right, so it did better than Carrie. It was really hard to do worse than Carrie. <laughs> Um, so Laura is here to give you like research and facts. I'm here to give you the Charlie Day conspiracy board version of facts. Yeah. So uh, six, the musical, by the way, has already had more performances than Diana. Oh, of course. Um, so, and has done better. I think what bothers me, like not, there's not a lot of musicals that get those pro shots. Yeah. Like it, we can think of three. There's probably been more than three. There's been way more than three. I'm. Those are three that have been released that's since right. COVID began. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. The fact that this is one of them, that they had enough faith in this show yeah. to be like, this is going to be a hit. This is going to be it. I mean, listen to how many hit songs it sounds like. It is so crazy to me because I spent a lot of time watching this Looking at these actors and going, how did you not realize this was garbage? Right. Really? How did you not? (laughs) There's a moment where Diana says something like, I'm sick and tired of being in this marriage of three. Three, three, three. I was like, ooh, that was filler. That was supposed to get rewritten. (laughs) You weren't supposed to just keep saying the word three. Very rent, 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 rent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I pulled up the Guardians review because I wanted to see what the British yeah, what, thought of it. What do the Brits think about this? Here's the first line of the review. Springtime <laughs> for glamour and victimhood. Winter for Windsors and Charles. Not since cats have I literally shouted from my seat. What? Yeah, this is, it's just, nobody liked this. It's got a 12 on Rotten Tomatoes. It got one star on the Guardian. I mean, like, overall... Like, just the structure of a story. Like, they start by getting us to try to cheer for this couple. Yeah. Like, it's kind of an odd couple. They're in different worlds, but maybe it'll work out. That gets immediately destroyed because he's a cheater. And then she starts cheating. So they're never going to get back together. But she kind of wants to, which makes her good. Sure. Like, I th- I think that's the trick that they're trying to pull on us. Like, they're both selfish adulterers in this. Yeah. But we side with Diana because Diana kind of also wants to get back together with Charles. Yeah. It's, 
like, you could easily tell this type of story and make Charles the hero because he's truly in love with this other woman but can't marry her. And I will say, they do not explain what happens to Camilla's husband. No, they do divorce. Do they explain it, though? No, I was telling you. Because <laughs> I know you didn't know. Because it was like he poof bamps away and is just no longer in the story, and now they can get married. Oh God, this was this was a slog. I had a lot of fun. I I will say, I I have one of my first notes is this might be a masterpiece. This is like the room levels of terrible like, inept storytelling. Yes. I think the fact that it's a musical makes it harder to enjoy the way you enjoy The Room. Because The Room has, like, pauses to breathe where you can make a joke. Yeah. It's hard to make fun of Diana in real time. It's hard to heckle a song. I mean, sure, I can. We, we've done it multiple times. For We've watched a lot of musicals we've made fun of. But, like, what I'm saying is when we get together to watch something, like, I don't know, Dear Evan Hansen, uh, to make fun of it, you you need to have those bits where you can throw out a line from the audience, make everybody laugh, and then we can jump back into the movie and not really have missed anything. Yeah, we do miss stuff when we make In fun of this, it. In this, if you make a joke, there is a chance that three years have gone by in the film. Yes, that's true. Like, it's unbelievable how just poorly constructed all of this is. The idea that multiple suicide attempts is a thing to gloss over so you can get back to your terrible not-love story is so weird. Yeah. Woof. Uh, So that's all that I have. Uh, Do you have any more bits of research for us, Laura? No. All right, so let's get ahead and give this a verdict. This is a hard stay doomed. It is a hard stay doomed. I, when I watched this, I did kind of think maybe the music will stand up on its own. It doesn't. It doesn't, because I've had to listen to the music a lot to like prepare for this episode. And I know I'm going to have to listen to it again to edit this. And man, am I not excited for that. Yay. What do we watch next week, Clara? Editor Noah here. We didn't actually know what we were going to be watching next when we recorded this because the nominations had not been out yet, so I get to edit this in. Next week here on Stay Doomed, we will be watching Space Jam, a new legacy as we continue Razzie Month. So if you want to watch Space Jam, a new legacy, it is available right now on HBO Max, and join us next week here for more Stay Doomed. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, I highly recommend you join our Patreon. I can't be sure until I upload this if anything's been cut out of this episode, but I know the full version will be up on our Patreon, so consider subscribing there and making sure you get the full experience. Also, if you join at the $5 level and you really enjoyed this episode of Stay Doomed, there's a whole bonus episode in our crowdfund crypt that you can only listen to on Patreon, 
where we cover Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. So if you're interested in that, consider joining at the $5 level, and you will also get to vote on the next episode of the Crowdfund Crypt. The poll is currently up. You can vote for one of the following four options. One is blank VHS. This is where me and Laura will be going to a random Goodwill, buying a random VHS tape, and reviewing whatever may be on it. And uh, maybe we get cursed. Maybe it's the ring. Or maybe it's just a bunch of Tex Avery reruns. We won't know until we put it in our VCR. Two is The Plot Game. It's a sequel to another episode we did. This is where Laura and I quiz each other. I will be giving Laura the name of particular wrestling match stipulations, and she will be trying to explain to me what the rules of that match are, and she will be giving me a young adult novel, and I will be trying to guess what the plot of that novel is based solely on the title. We also have our best movie theater experiences, our top five movie theater experiences. And finally, we have the Reality Retrospective. It's a roundtable where we discuss our connections with various reality shows. You can vote right now if you join our Patreon at the $5 level. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if this is how your people, this is how your people dance, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. And if you just want to compare this to other musicals with me, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.